get sales lessons from experts and entrepreneurs. Go out there and be the spokesperson and the representative for the brand. On how you can bring your A game in selling. Making sales requires putting yourself out there and being vulnerable. To start and scale your business. We need to negotiate for what we deserve. This is Ace the Sales podcast and here's your host Roshni Burronia. Hello and a warm welcome to a special episode of Ace the Sales podcast which is a unique one because today we have picked up a very niche industry to talk about and talk about its sales challenges and the channels that might push you to think differently about approaching sales in your business. We are talking about the pharma industry. I remember the time when we went to hospitals and after 12 p.m. there used to be a long queue of uh, medical representatives, MRs whom we call, uh, waiting to meet the doctor to show their samples of the new medicine. But now in digital era, these sales channels are bound to get revamped, especially after the COVID when doctors too have got used to online consultations and telemedicine. Moreover there have been recent government policy changes at least in India that have forced pharma companies to think about sales and marketing strategies in a different way. So today let's understand what are these disruptions and how to navigate the digital space of marketing for pharma companies. And to discuss I have just the perfect expert with me. I'm sitting across Soumya Prakash who is the co-founder and director of Multiplier AI Solutions which is a digital marketing company for pharma companies. They are heavily using AI for lead generation to automation. So let's discuss with Soumya herself everything about pharma marketing. Hello Soumya a very warm welcome to Ace the Sales how are you doing today Yeah thank you so much Roshni it's such a wonderful experience to be on the show and it definitely inspires so many businesses and entrepreneurs across the globe today so very very happy and enthusiastic to be on this Thank you so much it's a pleasure to have you with us in fact this is one of the very few topics we have ever discussed actually on this show specifically about an industry which is pharma industry and how to do sales and marketing in that so it's going to be very interesting i'm sure so let's begin our line of questions with you somya and as i know that you are an engineer you have diverse experience across data analytics business intelligence and international marketing but what i want to focus with you in our discussion today is to identify that how the healthcare space especially pharma marketing is something that you thought of to get into business like can you share a little bit about what multiplier ai solutions does and how did you identify this gap in the market to fulfill through your services yeah so yes i did begin my career as an engineer i graduated from vidyalaya in computer science and uh, you know the traditional path is generally to go for engineering and then go for a top notch mba so then an mba later in finance and started working across diverse industries was a part of the semiconductor industries and then later a part of fintech however i think the healthcare calling to me came to me as a kind of my personal experience first and then it got married with the sense of purpose so my father when i was in the second year of btech he was an ias officer and 
we lost him to a medical negligence. He was diabetic, and the particular medical officer attending to him couldn't really understand the complexities of his treatment. He had a sudden rush of glucose, and things just went haywire, and we lost him within 24 hours. That was a big setback to us, and I think there on something you know kind of. You know, set in my mind that yes, you know, there is something which should have been done as a kind of a process and as a kind of a technology intervention to avoid this medical negligence. So, you know, this is somewhere which you know, which kind of instilled in my brain. And this again took more deeper roots when I saw my mother go through an ovarian cancer cycle. So, again, ovarian cancer, as we know, is a very silent killer. You know, it affects a lot of women in stage three and stage four, and there is very little that we can really do to prevent. so these two things you know motivated me to start looking at healthcare from point of view of a purpose as well as an opportunity at the same time when you know, i was working with multiple companies i was part of data i was part of solutioning i could understand business fundamentals but i did not see that kind of innovation being applied into healthcare whereas it was touching everybody's life and it required that intervention but the kind of skills the kind of technology applications and i'm talking of this on 10 years back that kind of intervention was not present so i think that set the ball rolling in my mind that you know here it is a sea of opportunity within healthcare but possibly people are still really focused on fintech on telecom on retail outsourcing models but they're not looking at you know what would really be a big opportunity going forward and that's where we thought that we could come in and make a difference here so we chose healthcare because it would make a big change and we thought you know that definitely we could add value in the value chain is all entrepreneurs think that we can change the world so yeah something similar on those lines but it did require qualified skills and it did require technology intervention so what multiply does is we started looking at healthcare and data from a very totally different perspective and what we do for pharma companies is we we help them in looking at marketing from a data driven approach so it's not just based on a door to door or a mr based uh, analysis but it's looked at from a central marketing perspective on data similarly we help them understand what's the patient outcome that they can expect or a patient response they can expect from a data in analysis and a data insights perspective so we do a range of services for pharma companies starting from taking any particular brand or a therapy area understand what is the sentiment presently associated with that particular brand for the patient so how does the patient perceive that brand using twitter using various channels or patient forums we collect the data we analyze the data we understand how is the patient looking at that particular drug is he positive is he negative is he neutral is he not able to get that availability what is his sentiment and from that point we help the pharma companies in identifying a very clear road map along with the patient journey so where should they okay. where should they message to which physicians they should approach and to which physicians what messages should go what should the channel of communication everything is very logical and data driven it's not based on uh, just past behavior so that's so interesting uh, somya you are saying that the pharmaceutical companies need to have a customer focus a patient outcome focus which traditionally they u- didn't used to have and it seems like pharma companies need to adapt and evolve from the legacy of being b2b sales companies to become more of a d2c business where they have the focus on customer aka the patient centricity 
drive more brand awareness and build those personal connections. So how have you actually enabled your clients and your the companies that you work with to build trust with their end customer who can be healthcare professionals, physicians, patients? So if you can just take us through a few touch points that you do in your business or your services. Sure. So there are two interesting you know, parts of this question. The first question is, you know, how do they build uh, the confidence or the rapport with the physician and the entire ecosystem? And uh, the second part is, you know, how do we actually do that? You know, once this trust is established, how we make an executable plan around it. So first is regarding the trust factor. It's very important to understand that you know, pharma is a very heavily regulated industry. And it's a very complex industry, right from the research stage to manufacturing to supply chain. And then finally, the marketing piece. It's one of the most complex industries. And that's the reason why, you know, adapting technology is also a challenge for them. So they have to abide by so many rules and regulations. And one small mistake could really impact at the end of the day. The spectrum of it is the end user whose life is at stake. So that's the reason why technology has to be very carefully applied in this industry. How we build that confidence to them is one point the relevant use cases. So for instance, if we are working with pharma today, we have a background of around six to seven years of working with very with the top leading hospital chains within India. So we were working with Apollo, almost all brands like Apollo Spectra, Credit, Kleenex, Hospitals. Uh, similarly with Manipal, the entire chain, we were working with six out of top 10 chains in India. And that gave us complete understanding of how a physician and a patient relationship works across various departments. So we worked very, very detailed way with various departments like cardiology, oncology, ortho, almost the entire spectrum. And this was at Pan-India level. So we had millions of records of data where we were analyzing the data from the labs, from the prescription data, from the past genetic history. And sometimes there were like almost 1,000 plus parameters per patient. And we were synthesizing that and doing patient risk profiling. And this was being done like in and out over years. So that gave us the confidence to prove to pharma that we really understand the healthcare domain, on our board at a time when we were developing our first product, we had almost 20 physicians on our advisory board who were practicing physicians with 10, 15 years of experience who were vetting each and every algorithm. They were specialists from the particular field. So that's the kind of inputs that we have taken to build our products. So we showed them relevant use cases and we showed them how carefully each and every algorithm was written. And the second thing is we also complied, we showed them compliances. For example, data is a very important aspect, you know, how data is anonymized and how it should not be. So we took up ISO 27001 certification. We showed them that we maintained complete anonymization. There's no data download or upload possible. We maintained very strict protocols of using all the analysis over the cloud with uh, multiple layers of protection so that they are comfortable, you know, that they don't have to worry about these basic hygiene and sanity important going forward and you know, these are regulatory compliances that we need. So this gives them the comfort that you know we are in safe hands and these people know their stuff. And then it comes to the execution model. So as you rightly said, the pharma opinions are changing and the older traditional model of an MR going to the physician is very, very different today. So you know the physicians themselves are very different. I think post-COVID 
they are much more you know, digitally engaged with their patients and they expect a similar digital engagement with their MRs on the brands. They are triple screen users. Mostly they have a laptop, they have a mobile, and they're also engaged with multiple forums. They are you know, two to three screen users. They don't have multiple you know, they don't want to be kind of have a baggage of communication. They don't want to get an email, WhatsApp, you know, CME plus the MR at their door. It's very challenging from a physician's perspective. You don't have the time. And you know, in that three or four minutes at an MR get. In fact, in the earlier in the conversation when I was mentioning that yes, I remember the those long lines of MRs, I used to actually in a way like feel very sympathetic towards them that it middle of the day it's so hot and yet they are poor guys lined up there <laughs> so it actually is very very pitiful that traditional way of selling or the traditional approach that the pharma company was following is the same mr going to the physicians but yes covid or the pandemic has been a big push a massive push in bringing about this change because there wasn't an option you had to think out of the box and uh, as as patients i think we also got used to taking online consultations and hence that triggered for the physicians also to adapt to a digital way of uh, Uh, delivering their consultations and hence the mrs now need to find a new way to approach these physicians right so that's a great funnel that has now become uh, like very evident and it's opened up a new channel for pharma companies to marketing so now since you touched upon the pandemic piece uh, can you show a little uh, bit into the marketing strategies or the digital strategies that have come into the picture the the fine tuning of the messaging and the campaigns that you have been developing and working on to address this change of online consultations into the medical space so to understand this question we need to step a little bit back and see that the whole environment has also kind of changed so today governments want a lot of data regulators also want a lot of data it's just not the marketing departments that are you know asking the data for example as you know that there are certain regulations like 194r in in india or the sunshine act in the us where reporting has to be done for almost each and every physician over a very small amount of over 20000 rupees and this includes free samples so everything has to be reported back to them and this is a in itself a very big challenge for the pharma companies because there's no consistent set of data in the first place of physicians so when we get the data from even the top clients without naming them i would say almost 60% of the data is absolutely junk which is not even recognizable like really yeah so it would be like say dr roshni baronia in one place another place it would be dr roshni b another third place it would be dr baronia and then supposing you had an mbbs and then later you became an md so in some places it's just mbbs in other places it's an md then you may have shifted in hospital in the say 5 years of your career so that is again inconsistent we really do not understand what kind of you know these are the basic requirements apart from that we don't even know what interests you today like what's your super specialization or what interests you today in terms of what journals are you reading so we have to first understand the starting point when we looked at this problem this huge problem was okay let's look at data but we had no data to look for <laughs> exactly where to draw the insights from when there is no 
data what to analyze and analyze right. so you know that's where the starting point well, that's also a big opportunity in india because if you see in contrast to us us farmers spends 30% of their marketing spend on data analysis and data analytics related projects whereas in india it wasn't done and that's the reason why you know we are kind of in this particular situation but that's a huge opportunity and what we did we developed a fully automated engine which scraps multiple uh, areas like you know the particular patient the doctor's profile on social media uh, the educational websites like nmc his journals and pubmed or whatever sources he is available on and also goes through the particular hospitals he is working in and pulls out that information puts that into real time does deduplication merges them and finally at the end of four or five levels of very deep filtering in a 99% match we get almost a 95% accurate data with 99% fill rates on 60 plus parameters so this doesn't just include the qualification but also includes the interest levels the particular physician's presence which locality he is in what are his competitors like what's his interest area what kind of journals is he reading or advising what is his voice and what's his patient community speaking about all those things we even go to the extent of trying to understand that is he a scientific leader because some physicians are very scientifically oriented whereas some are very you know very marketing oriented they really connect with the people so it depends on the personality of the particular physician so we categorize them and segment them that's the first also oh, you do the behavioral analysis also you know this is important because wow. end of the day you know we are dealing with people and understanding how people will react to my particular proposition is very important to make a serious effort in that direction so we understand the psychographics then we identify okay now i have understood my list of data i have a clean set of data now let me understand from this entire 5000 or 10000 set of physicians who are my key opinion leaders who are my brand champions who are the people who really align with my brand messaging and then i pull out it's like you know putting a matchstick in a dark room suddenly i have a list of only 100 keywords whom i should go after so it makes my life uh, what is a uh, kol for the benefit of uh, yes, it's a key opinion leaders key opinion leaders key opinion right. leaders they call it as a key opinion leaders in pharma companies which means that the most prominent physicians or the doctors who are advising your drug or therapy to the patients and who really feel very strong about that particular drug that this drug will work on this particular segment of patients so they speak about it so they may be present on forums they may be attending cmes for that or they are prescribing their drugs and they're also asking their patients to you know kind of propagate this message they're asking them to stick to the treatment protocol don't skip this in the middle so these are the people who are kind of proponents because see in medical no advertising will work as much as a doctor saying a doctor whom a patient trusts saying that this drug will work on me continue this it's all relationship driven it's all mutual trust driven so when a doctor says that you will get well even if it you know it's just a uh, you know simple pill a sugar pill it still works <laughs> yes <laughs> especially in our uh, society belief works better than medicine that's the kind of ideology people follow <laughs> so doctor's word is very important and that's where we work on so we identify who are your key influencers and then work and help the marketing team focus the energy of the marketing representatives the medical representatives on these keywords 
So they know, okay, fine, I need to focus on them. And then I need to understand what will they be interested in. So we give them a clear understanding of the, their profiling and what they would be interested in. What kind of messaging should be given to these particular people? So we also understand whether he's an avid emailer or is he somebody who doesn't like to read email, he just like, likes to go on WhatsApp or he's somebody who's very interested in scientific journals. So you, know, you approach him with the journal or you know, if he wants something for his patient community, so he wants to interact with them more frequently. So what will work for the so that kind of a personalized marketing campaign you are able to develop. So, wow, that's mind blowing because at one end, I'm seeing the data driven approach where you are collating the data, putting it in order and then deriving inferences and insights from it. And then actually you're also putting it into action with respect to, okay, now how do we create a messaging or an outreach? personalized to this particular physician or the patient or the end customer for your client. So that that is very interesting. So could you just help us uh, understand it better by taking us through any of the campaigns that you have run for your clients? It will be like a better example for us to understand. I'll, I'll just give a context of an example from a cardiovascular case study that we did. This was done on behalf of Medtronic. Now, Medtronic is a, a company which develops heart stents, some kind of devices which help in cardiovascular treatments. So they gave us a case study to study around 250 patients for one of the leading hospitals called SRMS in Berlin. And these were patients who were suffering from cardiovascular diseases, but we, had, we were given the task of identifying high-risk dormant patients for them. So these high-risk dormant patients means they were very high-risk, but they did not know. The patients do not know that they are high-risk. So it was only the data pointers that we had to use. And we skimmed through all the data, like lab data, their head in genetic data, their prescription data. Out of 250, we found 40, 40 patients and subjects, which we found to be extremely high-risk and dormant. And many of them were under 40 years of age. And surprisingly, they had not visited the hospital in the last two years. And this was a real alarming bell for us. We reported this back to our client, MDT, and MDT took it at a higher priority with the marketing team. These 40 people were asked to come for a free camp and undergo certain diagnostics. And it was very surprising, out of 40 people, 13 people had to go for a pacemaker surgery in the next two weeks. So if, and pacemaker is not a very simple surgery, like, you know, so if they had not gone for the pacemaker surgery, they would have possibly had a silent heart attack very, very soon. It was really that bad. And it was really shocking to us because these people did not know this. So it's one of the case studies which opened up, you know, the importance of how data can play a very pivotal role in an entire patient's journey. That's so, that's so critical piece because, and I believe probably pharma has been one of the slowest to adopt to digital innovations, but thanks to you, you are bringing it to the forefront and helping uh, so many companies taking to digital and uh, then making good use of it. I also just want to touch upon one of the key factors that you mentioned, which is about uh, interacting with the decision makers and KOLs, which is the key opinion leaders, right? And since this is a podcast on sales and in B2B sales, especially decision makers play a key 
part they pay they have a big influence on the outcomes of any negotiation or any partnership or businesses that is being happening so can you show us a little bit of light into how have you forged industry partnerships to strengthen digital branding efforts and serve your clients better because i'm sure that is something which will because i believe pharma marketing happens at a massive scale right the outreach of it it is a volume game and uh, the partnerships the industry partnerships especially with the kols is of high importance so how, how does multiplier ai solutions forge that so uh, in india still roshni it's still a fragmented market we don't have uh, too many physician communities here though there are associations for various specialties like the diabetic association or the onco and there are certain groups which do conduct medical journal or medical expertise based discussions but largely it is still fragmented and very specialty driven so we do interact and we collaborate with multiple such forums to understand what's going on within the physician community for that particular specialization and we try to have that uh, as an input to our real time evidence and what we are because it is very important for pharma to get a pulse on plus uh, we also have tools which scrape through a lot of conference data so uh, the cmes and for example today with the help of ai ml we have note takers you know we can you know we can have an author take our notes on meeting right so we can add minutes of the meeting recorded and stuff like that so a pharma extension of that is conference data summary so whatever is being spoken at in a particular conference by various speakers is distilled is compressed and again used as an input in our algorithms so that again gives very real time insight into what people are speaking today and this is something which we find which has seen a lot of value with some of our it resonates very well with the medical affairs committees of pharma friends because again medical affairs is the committee which has to decide on a go or a no go and for them this particular congress information in the us they call it as a congress congress information is very important so multiple levels of liaisoning we also are trying to have build relationships with large cdp players like viva crm or google or microsoft cloud so that they can again partner with us they can provide that extra level of automation cloud enhancement to the clients through us and uh, we are in talks with them as well so together these with the technical the technology the domain knowledge and the marketing have to come together as a shared experience to really deliver that value to the end customer so yeah let's take a little bit of segue to our conversation somya and uh, knowing that you are a woman co-founder in the field which has historically been male dominated what are the unique perspectives or strategies that you have brought to the table when you are driving this uh, company of yours which is into pharma marketing so how has the experience been for you and how have you navigated the initial challenges yeah roshni very very valid question especially you know being interviewed by a woman <laughs> podcaster so uh, see diversity is i think it's something which we just cannot ignore anymore it's required in all industries and particularly for pharma 
though the workforce could be male dominated but the end customers are 50% women end of the day right so we better not neglect women <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a banner slogan for every industry i guess <laughs> Correct. So you know, women decision makers, women contributors are are very very relevant today, and I think all large industries, all large corporations are looking forward to onboard more women. So in our company also, we've taken diversity very very seriously, and at all years in my company, I've always had sixty percent women, or sometimes it's been like more than sixty percent, and men have been in minority. So I think it just you know it wasn't on intent, but it just happened that you know we find. very good women who want to come forward work with us and they have gone through the cycle of growth and um, i think women in general are more hard working as compared to you know some industries i mean i i have found women to be very enterprising today they are no less in any way so uh, yes as a woman co-founder and i think in our company it helped to have a woman co-founder because initial set of employees they look forward to the founders to join a particular company and if they find a woman on the board they definitely find that comfort to be able to relate to that company instead of just having a male dominated board so i think more women should come forward and look at starting their businesses and give opportunities you know which other women can also take up so that's so interesting and i totally agree with you that empowered women pull up other empowered women so so that's the way chain works and since this is a podcast especially for sales and especially for women entrepreneurs any message you would like to give to women as to how they can fall in love with selling or just in general like how can they think about growing their business more confidently yeah. so roshni i think as women we are natural jugglers you know we always juggle with our families our kids we are always negotiating on our time so that comes very natural to us and i feel that at a certain point these skills just add up so as women employees or as women founders one thing is not to be afraid of sales remember that you have been doing it all your life whether it was selling your time as an employee or you were discussing why you should work and not take your kid out to the park you were always selling so we are always selling there's nothing to be afraid of selling second thing is never be afraid of not being able to close a deal i think it's a process sales is just like any other process it can be learned it can be practiced so you have to go through a particular system learn the i think first and final thing is to know what your client wants it's it's something which is said so many times but it's still the golden rule you know, never try to sell sell try to understand what the customer really wants appreciate that engage with them and automatically your you know service will be sold that's the number one you know thing second thing is follow a particular system and an approach to selling do your research well study the competition look at pricing look at where you have what are your pros and cons where you should be able to make an impact even go through the you know simple things like reading the linkedin profile of the person you are meeting what would appeal to him have they given any recent contracts to a particular company which competes directly with you these kind of things can be also set out by a team which can support you or you can you know set out certain time before you have the interview so have a clear process to enable you for the sales practice engage your customer prospect and then don't be afraid to lose because sales is a tough job but it's rewarding out of nine rejections you get one success but that one success will cover for the nine rejections 
which is absolutely fine. So yeah. I think this is, you know, and I feel that, you know, end of the day, it's just not about sales. Your delivery is the real competitive advantage. You know, how you take forward that trust that somebody put in you, how you really delivered on that promise is something that will last. So it's a relationship and great salespeople, I think, always focus on relationships rather than just, you know, kind of sell something. So beautiful. And I totally agree with that, that the sales process doesn't end at the yes. In fact, it starts at yes, because then is the time when you are able to fulfill the promises that you've made to your prospect and the client, right? So, so beautiful, beautifully said, Soumya. And it was so lovely to have you over for this conversation. I am actually very much enlightened to know about pharma marketing and how the entire space is now revamping. And you have been at the forefront of driving this digital innovation in this industry and thank you so much for finding this gap and making people aware about it thank you so much and keep doing the great work you are doing and it was so lovely to have this conversation thank you sure. thank you so much Rajni. it was wonderful to be on this show and keep inspiring women that's a wrap thank you so much for listening to today's episode if you found any value in today's episode then remember to recommend ace the sales podcast to at least one of your business buddies you never know what insight they will get that can help them in their business so do some good karma today finally a loud shout out and thank you to the production team of done for you podcast who helped me in bringing this show to you If you too are looking to start your podcast for the business, get in touch with DFIP from the link given in show notes. Join me in the next episode for yet another conversation that can help you fall in love with selling. Till then, take very good care of yourself. This is your host, Roshni Baronia, signing off. Hold up. 